Welcome to Up the Blues, the Waterford FC podcast. Uh, I'm Adam Lundy, joined as always by my co-host Martin Cullerton and Evan Cullerton. Lads, how we doing? Uh, any crack, any form? Oh, all good. All good, Adam, yeah, sound. All good on this end. Lovely stuff. We have a bit of a juicy episode. Um, we're recording <laughs> this We're recording this on Sunday, the, so the day after the match, uh, while, while things are still pretty fresh. We were threatening in the car ride home to start recording it there and then. Uh, on Martin's phone just to get all of our thoughts, but I think I think it's a better idea that we let it kind of uh sink in Let's for a day. Yeah, yeah, let it settle before we start talking about this. <laughs> um, be- before we get into the match itself, I-, I just want to start off with something that I'm that that's that that kind of really really got on my nerves to be honest at the game, and I, I still want to just condemn it really. Uh, obviously we're going to talk about Con Clark's red card, the vile abuse that was strung at him from the stands as he was walking off was utterly disgraceful i thought it was an absolute disgrace some of the stuff that grown men like there were like lads in their 60s who should know better to be shouting at a 20 year old lad who obviously was vis- very visibly upset walking off as he knew he'd fecked up and i thought it was an absolute disgrace and shout out to the security because they there was one particular person who had shouted particularly it was near the sort of sideline hurling abuse and the security had clocked him straight away, pointed it out. So, yeah, I just I just wanted to start off by condemning that. At the end of the day, look, we'll all we all have our say on Con Clark. Obviously, we've we've said you know we've been talking about him as performances over the last few weeks, really, about you know maybe his work ethic or whatever. But at the end of the day, he plays for the club. He wears the jersey. He made a stupid mistake. He's a young lad. Young lads make mistakes. We all made mistakes. Probably worse ones than getting a red card in a football match. Um. So there's no, there's just no room for that kind of abuse when you're when you're backing the team. If you're backing the team, you back everybody. Um, I'm not saying you have to sit there and applaud them. Now there was a few applause going around, and I was part of it because I just that's just part of me. I just respect people. Uh, you don't have to applaud it, but to stand up and hurl abuse, foul abuse at a young lad, I I thought it was an absolute disgrace, and uh, I hope I hope something gets done about it because it just was not on at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have much to add to it, Adam. Um, you know, I, I suppose I can, you're dead right in what they're saying. Um, you know, I haven't, I suppose, shied away from expressing the opinion on on Con Clark. I, you know, and it's not this. You know, it's I've definitely been critical of his performance in the last few matches. Um, you know, and I'll probably be a little bit critical of his performance in the most recent match now in the next little few minutes or so. But look, once he puts on a blue jersey. He's he's a waterfire player. Regardless of whether you can kind of theorize that he wants to be there, or he doesn't want to be there, whatever it is, he is. He's a waterfire player, and you know he deserves the same support that he gave the likes of Nilo Keith, the likes of Shane Griffin, the likes of Sabuale, whoever it is on the team uh, when he walks out onto the pitch, and then especially when he walks off the pitch as well, whether he's taking off the sub, whether he's a uh, whether he's after getting sent off, whether he's doing an Eric Dyer and just needs to go for a shit. Look, he deserves he deserves the same support regardless. So, um. It's look. It was it was horrible. There's no way that he should have. Like, he was booed off when he was subbed off the last time, and this time he was sent off with a red card. Again, not not that he should have been booed, but you know maybe it would have been a bit more understandable not getting applauded off to an extent coming off after getting let's let's be honest, maybe a silly red. But there's no way he should have been you know at the at the receiving end of abuse from especially from Waterford supporters. So uh, you're you can't not really too much to add apart from what you said there. Yeah, no, I just second everything you said there, really. I'm not really as dad, just agree with the lads. Right. Well, look, on that note, we'll get into the match then. Um so like we, we had talked last week about how obviously Bray were coming into this game undefeated, um, but they, they hadn't played anybody really in the top half of the table. They mm-hmm. they had played all the teams that are sort of currently in the bottom four position. So a bit of an unknown commodity. Uh one of their centre backs was uh, in the team of the week. Uh, last week, um, and I don't really understand why. When we were watching him live, he didn't nope. look like he knew how to kick a football. But you know, however, I think he, I think he's he had scored a couple of goals against Kerry, so that's why he was in there. But whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, what what a start to the game! I, I'll say, like, the first twenty, you know, twenty odd minutes that we had, and obviously we'll get into what happened kind of towards the back end of that twenty odd minutes. Those first twenty odd minutes was the best we'd played since Wexford. We were oh, yeah. 
completely dominant, completely in control of the game. You know, break barely touched the ball. It was just nice, clean pass and attack in play. We had real intent, really beautiful football. And you can clearly tell this is the kind of football that Danny's been after, you know, for the first few games of the season. It was starting mm-hmm. to click. Everything was starting to go well. Um, obviously, we have, you know, a few a few sort of turning moments then, you know, after the 20th minute mark. So, in the 20th minute, we had the first goal from uh from Ronan uh Coughlin. Um really nice move. Um there was there was uh, questions of offside. Um and I had said uh, we 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 had said this kind of when we were watching it when we were there, like watching it. I don't know if he's on or off, it looks pretty tight, but um I did watch back the replay and definitely on. Um yeah. the player nearest to uh to Ryan Burke, who kind of tries to block the the cross. Uh, definitely plays them on, uh. So def definitely nothing to complain about there. Although we will complain about officials later on, um. But uh, a tidy little finish, a really nice attacking move. Um, that Con Clark was involved in. Funnily enough, he didn't get yeah. the assist or anything, but uh, was certainly involved in the move. But um, I think that goal really summed up the first twenty minutes. Just really nice attacking play, playing with intent, getting to nice areas, and just really sort of flexing the muscles. Like Bray couldn't really. They couldn't really do anything um about that but about the way we were playing in the first twenty minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um like we were and I think even by the twentieth minute when we scored that first goal, we were unlucky not to have two or three because there was a couple of balls went across the box that were dangerous that just nobody was getting a foot to. Um and I suppose that's just kind of the way it goes. You're always gonna have them balls going into the box. So we were unlucky not to be two nil up by the twentieth minute. You know, I know we were in the, by the 22nd minute, then we were. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, we were lucky, unlucky not to be 2 up um, very early in the game, um, you know, from the ball in play. It was nice then to kind of, uh, you know, to finally see something coming then from it, I suppose, um, you know, in the kind of form of a goal. And I suppose kind of the main thing to highlight there as well, obviously brilliant ball played into the box. And the lads were playing very well, like you were saying, in that, in that first 20 minutes. It is the best football we've seen in, you know, the last four weeks. Um with the exception of Wexford, then obviously in the you know five weeks ago, but I think the main person and I mean we'll speak about it a little bit later. The main thing I want to highlight though is the Ronan Cochran and his performance, fantastic, fantastic, and it is one of the best performances I've seen from a, from a of our player this season. Um, you know, just his work rate. Uh, he was running himself into the ground, and he's kind of doing what was seen was kind of having to do as well for a little bit of time when it was seen was playing um in previous matches. Of just alone up front and just running constantly, um. So his own work rate, I'm delighted that he could be rewarded with with two goals. Shame that he couldn't get the hat trick with the way things went. Then you know, kind of the changes that had to be made, the changes that had to be made. But um, you know, it's it was it was good to see them. They got the two goals there in the end. Yeah, like Ro- Ronan, you can kind of tell like Ronan. This is this is Ronan's first season playing in the first division. He's always been in the Premier. Mm-hmm. And you can talk, you can kind of tell he has that kind of step up in quality, especially yeah. with his movement. He's a he's a real like kind of fox in the box kind of a player. He just he just gets to the right place. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we saw that with his goal, the way he just kind of stepped in behind the rest of the line, didn't even know where he was. Like uh, he just found himself like within sort of five yards of space all around him in the middle of the box to tuck a goal in. So yeah. you can kind of tell he has he just has that kind of that that sort of next sort of level of quality. Over, you know, someone like I know, obviously, we're seeing, you know, he's 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 a great sort of servant to the club, a good workhorse or whatever. Like, but you can tell he's just that next level up in quality. So I'm really excited to see kind of where he goes, um, you know, throughout the season. Obviously, yeah. he got a he got a second as you said a couple of minutes later from a from a from the penalty spot, um, uh, earned by Chris Con Clark, um, was pretty much taken out in the box. Uh, no, I I didn't see any complaints about. Uh, the penalty. Uh, I know mm. there was question marks from you, Martin, whether or not he got tackled or whether he tripped <laughs> over his laces. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Look, that was in fairness. That was in jest. I got a great pause off from um, changing the boots because, in fairness, look, the lads give me a bit of slack, right, for me giving Con Clark a bit of slack. Um, and they painted as in I have an agenda against the man. I don't have an agenda against the man. I want to say that on the record now. I am critical of him. Am I more critical on uh, against Con Clark than I am against other players? Yes, I think that would be a little bit of merit to it. But again, there'll be people that argue against that. It is what it is. Um, I made a joke saying 
that when Conclar changed his boots in the 18th minute and then he changed them too quick and tripped over his legs in the penalty shot. It was a joke. Was all I looked back to the highlights earlier on today. He did actually, in fairness, get flattened um, by a brilliant player. So, of course, he did. He earned the uh, penalty, which was great to see his end. Um, you know, far and obviously then the fact that we can convert that penalty to a goal is fantastic. But, uh, yeah, no, I just want to make sure that's known. I didn't actually think he was tripping on the legs. It was just a joke that was made. And yeah. uh, a bust that I was now thrown under by Mr. Mundy. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be done. And yeah. just just going back to before we get into because obviously the red card is kind of the next kind of major thing to happen. But just to just to go back to Ronan for a second, very unlucky to to not go away with a hat trick. Um, mm. he had that he had that really really great sort of move that ended up with him lobbing the keeper from the corner Beautiful. of the box. Yeah, uh, yeah. inches wide. So unfortunate. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, a couple of inches the other way, and it, it's nestled right in the in the side net in the corner. Like, yeah. um, so could have very easily walked away with a hat trick, um, and that was well, that in was the first. That was that was in the first. That was still in the first half. I was still I was still the first half. Um, yeah, I want to say it was it was just after. It was probably the thirty odd minute something like that. that um, after so that was, was after, after the sending off. Yeah, after the after sending the off, off. Yeah, and this is something that we'll talk about really because we. Even though we were down to 10 men, sort of 27, 28 minutes into the game, we played 70 minutes, not counting at a time with yeah. 10 men. Like, I'd argue we created more clear cut chances than Bray did. And, yeah. You know, we'll yeah. talk about Bray's two goals. And, you know, I think, you know, in the in the first half, obviously, we had that chance from, from, uh, from Ronan. And then. Obviously, we go into the second half, and you know the, the sort of closing minutes, the 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 goal that that Shane nearly scored in the closing minutes of the game that could have won it. But even before then, there was times where we had, we were trying to hit them on the counter, and the final ball just wasn't there. And um, we were sort of hitting the first man. We were trying to play it in behind. So, uh, you know, there was plenty of opportunities for us to score goals. Just we were just a bit unlucky with how balls were ricocheting, and you know, not quite mm. sort of getting the ball through when we wanted it. Um, but look, we'll we'll get the red card kind of out of the way, and then we can kind of talk about the rest. So, um, it was pr- pretty much only three or four minutes in between. Four, essentially yeah. two, two silly, just two silly fouls. This yeah. the second one is is really frustrating, uh, just because of how needless it is. Um, because it's not like, like I can I can barely even remember the first one. I remember it was it was I, somewhere I in the, right when, the middle of the pitch. I remember it well, Adam. <laughs> Go on, please enlighten me because I barely remember. <laughs> nah, it was around the middle of the pitch. I remember. I'm, I'm fairly sure I'm right. It was. It was around the middle of the pitch, and it appeared as though he, he got the the brave player in. Aaron went in around from the back, essentially in around his neck, kind of around onto his chest, and essentially dragged him to the ground. It was needless. It was it was silly. It might have come from a place of frustration. Maybe I'm not too sure. Maybe I, I, you know, I don't know why he would have been frustrated at that point on the first yellow. I don't know what it was. You know what I mean? It was, it was, a, it was something that arguably shouldn't have been done. And I think he'd admit that himself. He came out and said it was still a yellow. You know, in the apology tweet that he had, he did say, um, you know, they were needless to an extent. So, um, you know, it's it was a yellow that could have been avoided. The, the even the first one, you know, and whatever about it, you wouldn't have minded the first one happening if it hadn't just been the first one. Because look. These things happen. You get emotional. You get worked up. You just get frustrated because you want to try and get the ball off someone, and you you do have you know you have a fail that shouldn't have happened. But it is what it is. Um, the second yellow, then, like you are saying, that was that was you know it was unnecessary. Um, and for him to do it, first of all, when the brave player was gone past him, and second of all, when he was already on a yellow to slide in onto the ground and attack him from behind, it's foolish. Um, you know, it's and he'll admit that himself, I'm sure. Um, I don't think there's any, you know, I don't think there's that wrong with me saying it was a foolish tackle to make, especially already on a yellow. And you know, it was the 27th minute, 27 min- minutes into that match was enough to see that that referee hadn't a clue what he was fucking doing. Um, at all. So it was always going to be a yellow, even if it was his first yellow, that tackle was going to be a yellow. So it was definitely going to be a second yellow and a red to slide in. Uh, you know, from behind to a player that's after getting past it, um, you know, and uh, I'm assuming maybe it came from a place of frustration again. It looked like he was just kind of struggling to get the ball. Looking back on the highlights, kind of player got around him a couple of times. He got the ball back. Player got the ball straight back off him, and he just kind of lunged out and just went for it. And you know, it's something he probably wouldn't have done any other day of the week. 
it's just whatever media was going on, he done it. And I suppose a lot of it as well could have come from the whole thing of, you know, I've been saying it, I suppose, kind of nearly religiously now for the last four weeks of the podcast. And a lot of other fans have been saying it as well in the group is that he almost shows kind of, I suppose, no passion or no, you know, that's kind of the word I'm using the whole time. No passion for the club. He has no interest. Like, you don't want to be that. And it's almost like that passion that he should have had in the last four matches just was all built up and just all of it came out in this match and it just kind of ended up coming out in the wrong way, I suppose, in that he almost got, kind of got too involved. And it was just, it was unfortunate. It was something that shouldn't have happened. But it did look stupid. Two yellows. It was a stupid red to get and get sent off and have suspension now. But it is what it is. And he's young enough. You know, it's a learning experience for him. It didn't result in a loss. I suppose you can argue, look, a loss against, or a draw with Bray might be the same as a loss. But Bray's second goal was fantastic. And when you're playing the majority of the match with only 10 men, to draw is still a decent result. I know it's not the one we would have wanted. And it's not the start of the season that we would have wanted. But it's still a decent result. So it is Especially what it is. Especially when you play that, that long with yeah. 10 men. It is what, yeah. you know... Whatever you played the last 10, 15 minutes, but to play 70 plus minutes, 10 yeah, men is yeah. so, it's very difficult. Absolutely. Like, so it's, it's, you wouldn't, you know, you've, I don't have, obviously, I'd rather I didn't get sent off or whatever it was, but um, look, it is what it is. It's something you learn from. Uh, I think it's something that you kind of take on board. And it's, uh, arguably, you could say it's something that needs to happen. You maybe have to reach a bit of a low before you actually start kind of picking up again. Um, but I think it's just going to be, a kind of almost like a fresh start, so to speak, for him. And yeah. he's going to then work his way into the team. Because in fairness to the poor fella, he had no preseason. He was brought into a new team and thrown in the deep end. And it was kind of sink or swim. And unfortunately, in the first few matches, it did appear like he was sinking a little bit. And I've been saying it myself. I, you know, I'm not going to deny any of that. I have been critical of him. Um, probably too much, you could argue, at times. But... It's, you know, he kind of got to that low now and it's at least now it gives him an opportunity to pick himself back up, work his way into the team and actually, you know, prove that he is as good of a player as, as you know, as he appears to be. Um, you know, and actually start having then, I suppose, a beneficial kind of relationship then with the club and with the fans and, you know, hopefully then actually put in a, a decent performance week in and week out. So let me yeah. let me just... um, Sorry, I think I cut you off there, but let, no, let me just... I'll go on. Yeah, I just want to get this just just while it's connected here. Mm. Um, let me just kind of position something here. Just want to get your thoughts on it. So you're saying, you know, you're you're obviously hypothesizing how you know why he would just sort of go so rash with his challenges and and get sending off and your you know whatever four weeks or whatever a passion building up over time. Like, what if it's the opposite? What if this is what if this is part frustration and part mm. being afraid of the abuse because he's been getting it even from you no. Know, you know, we were even like, you know, we were kind of getting on his back because yeah, yeah. he wasn't running, he wasn't pressing, the crowd were kind yeah. of getting, you know, behind him. Maybe that's kind of getting into his head now where he's like, basically in that split second where he loses the ball and thinks, feck, I need to get this back now or else I'm going to get exactly. the head torn off me. Exactly. And he, you know, he obviously makes a stupid decision based on that. So yeah. I don't think the fans are helping here. You know, no. we can't just snap our fingers and expect them to. This is why we. This is why we have to get behind the lads and, and get behind them because if all we're doing is slating them every week and you know shouting at them from the stands and it's just it's 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 gonna have a, a detrimental effect. Tough love does not always work, you know. Yeah. Um. You know, sometimes you have to coddle somebody, especially a young lad like that. New surroundings. I like. Yeah. We know for a fact his missus is in the Facebook group. Because she liked the comment I made calling out the the abuse that, yeah. that the fans were giving him from the stands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very much like I would be very surprised if she's not going back to him and saying, they're saying this about you, they're saying that about you, and that's getting in his head. Yeah. So all of these things, like we can't we can't just chalk it down to saying, ah, he doesn't give a shit about the club, that's why he's not running around, or that's why he's doing stupid stuff like this. Yeah, there's a whole lot of other factors that 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 need to be taken into account. At the end of the day, as long as he's at the club, we need to get behind him because otherwise, there's going to be no improvement, and people are just going to get more frustrated, and he's going to get more frustrated, and it's just it's just not beneficial to anyway. It's a lose lose situation, you know. Yeah. If we actually get yeah. behind him and support him, maybe he will start showing 
you know, those, you know, what we thought we were getting when he was coming in, there was all these YouTube clips going around of, you know, this, this really tidy player and everyone was, was excited about him coming in. You know, we, we said in our first episode, he was one of the ones we name dropped as being the players we were most excited about mm-hmm. coming into the season, you know, one of the most exciting transfers. So it's, there, there needs to be a, a there needs to be a time, and I don't know what needs to happen. Whether it's us calling it out now on the podcast and enough people listening, you know, we we get decent numbers for for a very niche podcast. So whether it's mm-hmm. us imploring the fans now, whether Danny needs to come out and say something, whether you know something needs to come out really to kind of say, yeah. we know you're pissed off. We we understand your frustration, but yeah. abusing the lad is not going to help we have to get behind them because that's the only way everyone's going to win. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's, um, we have to do it. We can't get someone in the club just to be like, here lads, just lay off the lads there. Cause that's just, you know, the lads are just like, well, that's not going to, they're not going to react well to that. We just have to marshal it ourselves really. And just like, tell lads here, cop onto yourselves really. Um, I, I actually just want to give my opinion on the red card quickly, if that's of course, okay. Sir. Of course. Uh, I, I think he was, he was kind of gliding along with the game and then there was a stage around the 10th minute where there was a ball kind of overplayed and he didn't he didn't go for it because I think he thought it was going out and it just stayed in and he got a bit of abuse from the crowd. And I think from then on, yeah. he rolled his, he pulled the socks up and started putting in a shift, I think. Uh, he, he gave a lovely set for Ryan Burke who crossed in, the go- in, for, in for the goal. He won the penalty. Um, I think for the first yellow, I can't remember if there was many people back. I thought he was trying to stop kind of a break, maybe not knowing there was a few lads back, or maybe it was just something silly, I don't know. And the second the second second yellow, I think it's just eagerness got the better of him. I think he just like oh, I I can win this ball here and then I might get a clap off the lad off the crowd to get behind me, maybe. I think that was just what happened. Mm. Um in regards to the abuse again, like you know, that shouldn't happen. Uh, you could tell he was very upset coming going down the tunnel, but I think we just have to get behind him at this stage now. And then I, 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 I'm full, I'm full faith that he will come good eventually. Well, absolutely. Look, from what we're all accounts that Rafa's going to get of him prior to coming here, he seems to be a fantastic player. You know what I mean? There's no denying it. You look at his, you know, the, the uh, whether it's his highlights from previous clubs or whatever it is, he's obviously he's able to play ball. And the couple of times the reason where he's actually been on the ball, even for ourselves, we can see he's able to play ball, but he's just settling in, I suppose, really. And I think a lot of the maybe issues that are after arising in the last five weeks surrounding him is kind of the implementation of how he came into the team. You know, like I was saying, it was just throwing in the deep end and some players will absolutely, you know, they'll fly with that, not an issue at all. They'll you know, they'll come out, they'll score on their debut, they'll score another couple after that, they get a hatch a few weeks, whatever it is. Some players need a little bit of extra time with it. You know what I mean? He has, you know, he's, like you said, young, young fella, um, new surroundings, new club. You, you know, that might that might have been the case. Again, it's it's absolutely only speculation. There might have been a case where he kind of maybe thought, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm here all of a sudden playing the first division in Ireland. What the fuck am I after getting to? And, uh, you know, he might have been asking other questions of himself. So that kind of bit would have been hard as well, settling in. Um, so I think kind of the fact that he was thrown in, expected to just start week in, week out for I'm, I'm fairly sure he started was it the first three matches he started? He definitely started the first two anyway, as far as I remember. Um it was uh the third ones when he got dropped. He yeah. definitely started the first two and then he got dropped for, for two more and then came He got on. dropped, yeah, it was he got dropped in the away matches because he came on as a, a substitution. Um at least in one of them. But like, you know what I mean? He was just thrown in the defense and it was like, right, we'll get out there and play football. And again, he's playing with lads that he doesn't know that long. He's playing in maybe a play style that doesn't entirely suit him in a league that's entirely new to him. You know, you can only expect so much of him, you know? And he didn't really get that chance to settle in. So I think the red card, obviously is as frustrating as it is, might be the best thing that ever happened to him because it now gives him a chance you know, for, I suppose, A, first of all, from a fan's perspective, to kind of weed out the fans that are actually just waiting for him to sit there and make a mistake and then hop on his back when he does it. You know, people love to bitch about people and especially in Waterford, for whatever reason, not even Waterford, but Waterford City, for whatever fucking reason, people love to just slate other people. I don't know what it is. Um, I suppose it's football as well to an extent. So, you know, people are kind of sitting there maybe waiting for him to make a mistake. So it kind of shows now with this kind of thing, it maybe a kind of a low in his 
in his career at Waterford happening, you know, it kind of shows like, we can weed out the fans that are actually there waiting to abuse him and the fans that actually want to support him. And look, it is, it's the minority that's actually there waiting, waiting to abuse him, in fairness, but it's a very vocal minority. So it is something that kind of has to be nipped in the bud in order to be actually be able to lift the fell up and actually be able to play the way he's able to play. Um, but I think from even just his own perspective, it, it kind of gives him kind of a new starting point where he can say, well, look, right, I got sent off. The things I've tried in the last little while haven't worked. And then maybe have a chat. I'm assuming he's going to have a chat with Danny and the management over it. Um, you know, and kind of work on a way forward with it. Obviously, he's going to be suspended for the next match. And then maybe kind of build him into the team from off the bench. You know what I mean? I think it's a lot to be asking this, asking him to be starting every week, week in and week out when he's clearly not ready for it. Not saying he's not able for it, but he's not ready for it. Um, so I think it's kind of a big thing is, you know, working on maybe a couple more things with him in training, kind of working, maybe having him a bit closer with some of the players, allowing the bond that bit more, whatever it is, settling fully. Because he's clearly not fully settled in, either whether it's with the team or where he is or the league or whatever, whatever it might be. And then kind of work his way into the team from the bench when he's fully comfortable with doing that. And he has the fans behind him instead of just being thrown in the deep end, making mistakes and getting abused for it. Another thing um, I, I just want to say quickly was um, I just like the way Connor Parsons went down the tunnel with him. Yeah. Went, went straight in with him just to like make sure he's okay. So I just, you know, just to say that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Connor and his cornrows. Uh, fair play. <laughs> Dave's back in 2002 kind of job. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm obviously joking about the corners, but no, fair play to yeah. absolutely. That's good camaraderie. You like to see that from your team that you know they didn't just let him go in alone. It's good. It, it, it's good that they had someone you know go in just look after, him, make sure he's all right. Obviously, Danny couldn't do it, but it's good to have someone off the bench. It's, it's good to see that from a team. It's what you want to see, um, you know, from from your team, um. But look, we'll we'll move on from 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 Chris for now anyway, um. We'll just talk about the, the the Bray goals, and if I'm honest with you, like I I I don't. It's this way. I think Waterford might have been a bit unlucky to even come away with the draw, even with the ten men, because the, the the two goals, um, they're they're lucky in different ways. So you know, the first goal, you know, we clear out a corner. They take a pot shot from the edge of the box. I think it's um. I think it was um Eddie that that cleared it off the line, and yeah. it just happens to fall to uh to to a Bray striker um Feeney Ben Feeney yeah Ben, ben that's it Ben Feeney aka Pro Clubs um <laughs> happened to fall it just happened to fall to him it's just unlucky you know yeah. there's nothing that Eddie could have done yeah. different you know he he was just throwing his body on the line to to stop the ball going in the net it mm-hmm. just happens to fall to a Bray player as opposed to a Waterford one and you know he obviously just tucks it away instinctively. Nothing amazing about the goal itself. It's just one of those ones that just happen every now and again in football. Nothing you can do about it. There's no amount of coaching or training you can do because it's just about the look of where the ball falls after you you try and stop it going in the net. Um, the other goal is was just a wonder strike. Again, there's nothing you can really do to to train against that. We cleared our lines, uh, you know, from the from the set piece. It falls to one of their players. Um, can't remember which one it was now. Um. Who was it that scored their goal? Uh, the second I one. I want to say it was Murphy. I can't remember his first name. I think Murphy was the last name. Just gonna um, double check here. Yeah, Max Murphy. That was it. Who yeah. scored the second goal? Wonder strike, unbelievable finish. It just the way it, it wasn't in the corner. It was not like it was top bins or anything like that. But it just had this dip on it. Yeah. And Paul was unfortunate because that's the side where the sun was baiting down on him as well. So I reckon he saw it late because of the the glare of the sun, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it, and it, it, you know when it dips that quick, you know all you can do is just try and react. Paul had a great match, I think, in general. Um, but yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing really a whole lot you can do about it. It was just a great goal. We like when it went in, nobody was, you know, none of us anyway around us were sort of shouting or giving out. We all just kind of sat back and said, "Effect, ah, it's a good goal." Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing we can do about it. So, and this way, I think Bray were a little bit lucky to to really be in the game, you know, to to come away with a point because outside of that, they had one free kick that hit the post, and I can't think of a single other clear cut chance they had for the whole game, despite having the a man yeah. advantage yeah. for seventy minutes. I can't think of a single other clear cut chance. They had a lot of the ball, 
but they didn't do a whole lot with it, really. No. Uh, I thought we defended very well. We had the basically two banks of four, and I thought we defended well. We just got unlucky that their first goal, it just fell to one of their lads after it was cleared off the line, and the second goal is a wonder strike. Nobody can plan like nobody could plan for either of the goals. It wasn't a, a failing of the coaching staff or a failing of the players no. for either yeah. of those goals. You know, well, just... I'd argue to an to an extent, um there was a couple of that, you know, Bray had I believe was eight corners. And a lot of their corners ended up going into the box and then ended up out of the box. And they had a player standing on the edge of the box, or if not two players on the edge of the box with the ball. And the majority of water players just what they're looking at. Now, I understand some have to stay back and defend, but there was nobody pushing out to him at all most of the time. You know, obviously, you'll have the one or two exceptions where you just can't because they get rid of the ball soon enough or whatever. You just don't realise. But the amount of times that I remember we were screaming at Adam, get out to him. You know, they were getting ages to actually do something with the ball, plan a pass, whatever it was, a couple of times. Now, look, in fairness, in the two circumstances where the goals arose, there wasn't a lot that could be done. Um, the second goal, Shane Griffin actually did run out straight away and just before he got to him, your man got the strike off. Um, and the first one, then the first goal was just, it was kind of a scrappy all over the place kind of goal that was just unlucky. There's not a lot you could have done. Mm. But, you know, the, the rest of the other six corners, they did have chances where the ball was just going out into the out to the edge of the box and Walter Bells were just looking at. And thankfully, they didn't make much of it. You know, yeah. and... One. Would it be harsh to say that that's another two goals coming from corners or not cleared as well possibly as it could have been? Or oh, that's like, what I have it down as. Think... I, I take notes like as into as what happens. You've you shown me the notes like it's just keep keeping eye on. It's handy to go back on for the podcast and what sitting there watching the match. I have you know the goal a recycled corner. That's kind of what I've been saying. That that's kind of the thing I've always called that sort of goal for the last I don't know how long because I've been watching football. Just a recycled corner in that the ball goes out, we don't clear it as well as we should, and then they kind of recycle it into getting the ball back into the box or into the back of the net. And looking back at the highlights earlier today, that's what it comes across to me as. It's just that now the first time there wasn't a lot we could do, as well with the second time, you know, in, in the in the incidents of the goals, there wasn't a huge amount we could actually do, to be fair. But they did have chances where they could have got balls off and actually another, you know, a third or maybe a fourth. And then they either just skied the ball or they just kicked it straight at the, at the defenders and it was pointless. But um, like, there was something but, to be watched there, I think. I don't know. But like when you're down to 10 men, what more? Like all we can ask them to do is clear their lines. Yeah, that's all we can ask them to do. Cl- clear your line. You know, it's not like, I know I get what you're saying. There was times we were shouting, you know, push out, push out after they sort of cleared the initial ball. And they yeah. were sometimes a little bit slow to kind of push the line up after clearing it. But they cleared it. They, you know, they cleared their lines. It's not like because we had to leave someone up as well, kind of up front in case for a counter attack. So we're we're basically yeah. defending with a we're defending our set pieces one less man. I know yeah. you're saying there was always someone free at the edge of the box. I guarantee if we had eleven men on the pitch, there would have been someone there. Of course, but when yeah, they're lo- when they're saying, loading yeah. the box and we have to keep someone up top for a counter, you know, you, you sacrifice that man on the edge of the box because the odds of them scoring on the edge of the box are a lot lower than. You know, with these centre halves, they had you know massive, especially the their their centre half Cole. Uh, he must be about six foot four, gangly. You know, you'd be afraid of getting hit. You know, having him sort of going up against Eddie Dolan, for example, uh, sort of one on one, he would he would definitely mm. over jump him. Uh, so I can I can understand why they defended their set pieces that way because they were yeah. a man down. Obviously, it was annoying when they weren't pushing out faster, but yeah. at the end of the day, they cleared their lines. And the two goals they did concede on the back of the corners, it, it wasn't because they were poorly defended. It was just yeah. because of just the way the balls were falling. Yeah, exactly. That yes, that's what I'm saying there is whatever about not pushing out. I think it's something that they need to start doing. Maybe obviously you have the ten men, the things are going to be a little different. But the not pushing out fast enough isn't what gave up the two goals. The two goals, in fairness, were just jammy goals. Now the second one was was a lovely goal, but there was a lot that could have been done by Walker players apart from what they done and then it just unfortunately ended up in the back of the net. Um, just to mention there as well, Adam, you were saying, you know, uh, they are to the half probably out jumping idiot or whatever. It, that's it, just, I've been kind of questioning the last little while as to why Killian's not been implemented into the team 
I still don't understand why. I don't think many people understand why. There might be something, well, like we said, could be a knock and we'll find that out, uh, you know, on Tuesday. Um, or is there maybe something going on, you know, behind closed doors? But in fairness to the lads and, and to Eddie especially, he had a fantastic match there against Britt. You know, he had a couple of, uh, of fantastic clearances and brilliant, uh, you know, brilliant defending. Yeah. Um, cleared the ball off the line a couple of times. I know it, one of them ended up resulting in a goal. You know, he was able to, he got his head on the ball a couple of times when you wouldn't expect him to get his head on the ball when the ball could have been lobbed into the box and he's putting it out for corners or, or uh, clearing it entirely, whatever it is. So just want to highlight that as well. He, he had fantastic, you know, for, you know, obviously I suppose a man of his age, let's say, um, up against a, a much younger players or even something bigger player. Fantastic, fantastic performance from him. Um, in fairness, he was unlucky to come away with that. A highlight for me was him sending a, a thumbrail out for a hot dog about three times in the crowd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were shouting, we were like, get oh, rid of it, brilliant. get rid of it. <laughs> nah, just cry of turns left, right and centre. Uh, amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think like, I, I know, what I know obviously all of us really were a bit, were a bit nervous with Eddie kind of starting the season, but you know, I think he's been, he's been really, really, really solid. He, I thought he had a great game. Like you said, him and him and Ryan Burke, I think have been so solid. On that left I, side I, I of the defence, like a highlight with Ryan Burke, he loves getting his head on the ball. Even when he right. doesn't need to get his head on the ball, he loves just heading the ball. I don't know what yeah. it is. The fella's going to have CTE by the time he's thirty-five, but he loves getting his head on the ball. And you look, at, you know what? It's brilliant to see because he's actually he's putting in an effort. Look, he got a little bit of a, not a little bit of abuse, but you know, a couple of questionable, I suppose, maybe losses of the ball. But when you're down to ten men. You know, you can only do so much as an individual. You know, without maybe kind of have, you're always chances are you're always gonna have two players on you at some yeah. point or another when you when you get the ball. So, in fairness, he played very well as well. Um, you know, and fantastic hitters. In I think some, I think some of the concerns coming into the season was um probably more the defense than the attack. But going yeah. five games in, I think it's the other way around really. Like we've we've conceded only four goals and. Pushing it, you could say three of them are from set pieces, which is, uh, you know, but like only one kind of from proper open play that didn't come from the set piece against Longford, which is kind of, is very impressive, I'd say. You know, Galway yeah. two, Hove conceded three, and then Austin Bray conceded four. Um, yeah. yeah, Eddie Nolan's been very good. I can't fault the, lad, the man anymore, I don't think. Um, yeah. So I'll say at half time, I mean, just going to kind of manager decisions and what to do with the 10 men. I think um, me and Adam were in deep discussion at halftime of what kind of formations he goes to and whether he um, sticks with the 4-4-1 and bring on Sabuale as a right winger, which he did eventually. So he must have heard, he must have heard me or something. Or drop <laughs> into a, go to a five-back and bring on Pillion. So I think he realistically he made the right decision, I think, keeping the formation the way it was. I was just unlucky how it turned out in the end. Yeah, because it allowed us to actually hit on the counter a few times, which we did. And, you know... There was there was some frustrating moments on the counter where like there were I can think of two where we had at least three against one, you know, yeah. on the counter. And there was lads just waiting for the ball just to be passed into them essentially. And it, we just didn't beat the man that was defending. It was just, you know, poor crossing. There was another one that was very annoying because I think it was both Saboale and Thomas were both running as the ball was in the air. And neither of them yeah. thought to actually go and get the ball. They were both yeah. sort of, they were both wanting to be the man at the end of it all. So yeah. that was very, very frustrating because that, because on the other side, there was another two lads running. I can't remember who was running down the other side, but um, yeah, that, that was, that was, I, I feel like there was a few missed opportunities with counters. Um, we could have made the game a lot more comfortable for ourselves, you know, had that final ball been a little bit better when we're on the counter attack. Um, and we'll have to sort of rewind the talk about the the referee and and Danny sending off in a second. But um, there was that moment, obviously, towards the very end of the game, uh, where Shane could have sealed it, and he was so so unlucky to hit the post, uh, with the ball when it fell to him, kind of uh, around the penalty around the penalty spot. Um, it looked like a lovely sort of side foot strike. It was just it just didn't have enough whip on it to to sort of go into the top corner. I would um, love to see the highlight of it again, but unfortunately, that was not a part of the highlight package on the FAI YouTube again. No, which is pretty, pretty feckin' stupid, to be honest. I don't know why they don't do comprehensive highlights. Uh, doesn't make any sense, because, you know, what do they do in games where it's nil all? Do they just not do any? I think it's a 15-second there. 
yeah, just kicking off and then blowing the final whistle or something. Um, madness. But um, yeah, look, I I think I think the scoreline doesn't actually tell the whole story of the game. Uh, you know, I think they're they were lucky to have their two goals, and we were unlucky to only have two. Um, and it's just ironic that most of our chances or sort of best moments kind of felt to us when we had ten men. Uh, you know, as opposed to when we had eleven, you know, with some of the counter attacks that we were doing, um, so you know, it's just, it's just one of those ones where on a different day, we do manage to put three or four pass, and the game looks a lot more comfortable than the scoreline suggested. You know, I said to you at half time when it was two one, and you know, I said, would you take the draw now or would you let it play out? And like both of you said, you know, uh, let we'll let it play out. And I, you know, I think I think that's that's a that's a good bet because on a different day, it it wouldn't have been a draw. Uh, I think the lads were actually very unlucky. They put in a, a ridiculously good shift. Noel was everywhere. Shane was running up and down. You know, Barry was asked to go out and play on the wing until he was subbed off. You know, fair play to him going out and doing his best out there. As I said, the lads, the four lads at the back, um, I thought were all very very solid. Paul did his best shit houseery until he got booked. Uh, he had to, he had to stop. Um, but yeah, I think generally the lads put in a, a great shift, especially down to ten men. And I think they, on the back of it all, I think they deserved to come away with more than the draw. Um, it's just it's just one of those things where it just didn't fall for us on the day. I think um even the management was bang on in this game. The subs that were made were made at the right times. I think I think the subs that were made as well that we were even saying to make as well. Like they weren't just kind of just random subs. And kind of just hope for the best. Like we, me and me and you, Adam, we were saying that uh, we give Thomas, we bring Thomas on, and try to keep that bray line a bit deeper. Well, yeah. once we get the ball, so there wouldn't be a trend of a trading behind. Which you know that worked. I, I would have made that sub. I don't think we've seen what added that because it's just the, the sheer pace difference. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Needed that. And I, I like the uh, Sabawale on the right on the right mid as well, which I thought. Was because you couldn't really bring on. I don't think Parsons is kind of a right midfielder. He's more of a, a tree up top, a wide kind of player. Yeah, more of like an an inverted winger kind of a kind of a player. Yeah, so I think I think uh, Wale was the right decision. Like a lot of people calling for Danny's head in the group, you know, to get sacked. Um, yeah, I, I think know. we'll actually we'll have to talk about this now when when we talk about the the the, the sending off. Um. From from what I, I don't know if there's still been an, anything sort of official put out, but from what it's been said, it wasn't actually anything Danny did that got him the red. Yeah. It was one of the staff. Yeah, one of the backroom yeah, back staff was I don't know whether it was the the fourth official or the linesman that they're abusing or something. Um, and apparently the rule is that even if it's one of your backroom staff, you're the one. The manager is the one that gets the red. Um, which is a bananas rule. I've never heard of that before. Only, I, I think know. it's only coming in. It happened to one of the games I was at, uh, kind of a uh, just kind of Sunday league game. It happened recently enough to us that that happened for a actually supporter abusing the ref and the manager got yellow card because of it. So yeah, I, I, first time I was introduced to the rule, but you know, Danny obviously didn't know this was a new rule and he was very, very perplexed to say the least when <laughs> he got the red card. I've never seen a man so shocked in my life, I think. Yeah, hands out. He didn't know what was going on. Is, like, is that just a League of Ireland rule? Or is that, like, I've just I think, I think that's everywhere. I, really? I, I, I remember uh, that the backroom staff has been have been sent off, I remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I, think it's, I think it's a new rule everywhere. I've only really? seen it twice now. So. Look, I suppose I suppose the general idea of it is that the manager is responsible for controlling his staff, and if he can't control his staff, he's the one who gets punished. I assume that's the intent. So does does I'm guessing Danny gets stuck with the bandit. Well, yeah, I'm guessing. Like obviously, this is this is the question we have. You know, we, we assume the Munster Cup is not going to count, so he's going to obviously be have to have to sit out for the the treaty game as to whether he'll actually be there and maybe just go sit in the stands or. Watch it on LOI TV, which case I hope his feed doesn't cut out. Um, but yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to see how they work it now. Um, you know, uh, on Friday uh, at the treaty game, because if he's the one who's gotten red carded, then yeah, I assume he'll be the one who has to serve the ban. I hope he doesn't have to go into the away stand or he's down the treaty, or else he might actually wind up falling through it. <laughs> what happened last time? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that's... I guess it's just a one match then. 
I would I don't know. Actually I haven't I haven't seen anything about it. I actually don't know. Um I'll have to look into it after this, um, because I didn't actually even hear anything about it, you know, just through the grapevine or anything like that, uh, or any kind of official statements. Um so I think that's something we'll have to we'll have to look into or might be a wait and see kind of a scenario. Maybe they'll forget. Did you ever have that happen like when you're playing like underage soccer and you got a red card? But like they really need you to play, so they just give you a fake name and you just play anyway and hope that the ref doesn't notice. Um, uh, I've uh, heard that idea thrown out a couple of times. Let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they just won't notice if Danny does show up or put a wig on him or something, and uh, and and just give him a different name and hopefully the next ref doesn't doesn't notice. Um. But I think we kind of have to talk about the refereeing because it was already shambolic. Um. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen. Like um, we were all we were given out with the refereeing during like the Athlone game and stuff. I don't think I've ever seen refereeing this bad. Now I don't think the one decision that he got right I think was the red card for for Colin Clark. Yeah. Two stupid challenges, both yellow cards, so they're red. So up until that point, I didn't have much of an issue. No. I don't know what happened afterwards, but the, the ref <laughs> lost his head. Like I think what the first bad decision was because there was a, there was a few. <laughs> Um, I think was it was it kind of it was kind of leading up until Danny's red card. But I I don't know if you remember any times before. I, there was definitely times before. I just yeah, like there was there was one there was a couple that were bizarre. Like um, there was like Ryan Burke was booked for kicking the ball over to the corner oh, yes, flag so that they could take their corner. Yeah, and I don't know what the I don't know what the ref was thinking. He kicked it over to the corner flag so that the other team can take their corner. Yeah. But the ref deemed it that he was kicking the ball away. I don't know. If he was kicking the ball away, it would have wound up where we sitting in block D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't make any sense to me at all. Like, And Finally. it just seemed as though from then on, he was just intent on just giving any player a yellow card and a foul for for, for no real apparent reason a lot of the time. You know, yeah. there's the one that's sort of clear for me, which was insanity, um, <laughs> was, when, was when Roland got fouled. Oh no, sorry. That was uh, that was that was a different time. It was um, Sabawali Sabawali got fouled. Sabawali, and the ref gave the free against him. Doesn't make sense. He kind of left the play on for a second, and then he just he kind of stood there. Yeah, and then he he gave the foul for Bray after the Bray lad must have hacked it. Unless Sabawali kind of went down, stood onto him, which I don't think he did. I don't know because the Bray lad halved him. Yeah, yeah. Like Sabuale was cleaned out of it. Like he was, he was working about the pitch. And he was cleaned out of it, and whatever way the ball fell, I believe it then ended up falling to Roland. And yeah. um, even Waterford and Braveheads were kind of looking at the ref and looking at the two lads on the ground as if to say, "When are you going to blow the fucking whistle?" And it didn't happen. So then everyone started screaming, "Play on, play on!" I remember all the fans shouting, and then Roland started to work way up the pitch, and then the ref blew the whistle. And I remember sitting there thinking, "Oh, he's given the foul now. Why not just play on?" And or no, he's giving a finger like why? Why is he giving it? Not just playing on. And then he pointed his hand in the direction towards Fabri, and I was like, "Hang on a fucking second now." It was it was bizarre. It didn't make sense. Was that wasn't Danny off, or was it the Roland kind of pushing? No, Danny. Uh, actually, it might have been around. Yeah, there was. The... It was. I believe it was. Uh... It must have been a reaction from the... No, sorry, it wasn't. It was the Roland. It was the Roland situation that sent Danny off because as Danny got sent off uh, just before he did, Savoale was down with him as well, if I remember correctly. Um, So Roland was on the ground and Savoale was at that point playing on the right wing. Roland was on the ground for a second and got up. Well, got up, grabbed your arm (laughs) with a scruff of the neck and then went back on the ground, interestingly enough. But... um, yeah. Yeah, no, Sabawale was over speaking with Danny. I'm assuming they were speaking about maybe swapping sides because after that, then they did actually swap sides and Roland played in the right and Sabawale in the left, I think. Um, but I think it was at that point then, and I remember looking at it when everyone was looking at the foul in the right, I was looking at, at the sideline with the fourth official and Danny, Gary, Dar- Danny and Gary Hunt, definitely. I'm fairly sure it was David Breen there as well and I think Brian was kind of poking his head out of the dugout. Um and they were just kind of surrounding the fourth official. Obviously, don't know what was said, but there must have been something said. And like we we're saying, uh, you know that that new rule as well of um, the manager kind of takes the hit for whatever said yeah, by the backroom exactly, staff yeah. and the bench, and it ended up in in Danny being sent off and they're having the suspension. 
I I know Ian Ryan got booked in the first half, and that seemed a lot more of an aggressive reaction from after the first goal, which he thought was offside, which clearly wasn't. He had a, a lot of a, a lot of a, a lot more of an aggressive reaction from what I've seen from the lads anyway. And he was shouting at them. He was pretty consistent with shouting at the fourth official. For oh, don't things. get me started on his assistant as well, who who must have made great friends at the fourth official. He had a full time fucking shout with him at one stage. I'd say with <laughs> mad hand gestures and everything. I don't even know what was going on there. It just doesn't seem like a balanced reaction. Like, why would one manager get a yellow for, and then another manager get a red for what is essentially the same thing? Um, you know, they're both obviously, you know, hounding the fourth official, abusing whatever, whatever it is. Like, it just seems like if you're going to give one a yellow, just give the other a yellow as well. Why jump straight to the red? Now, obviously, look, we're speculating. We have no idea what was said. Danny could have called the fourth official's mother a whore. We don't know. <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll probably never know what exactly was said down there. Um, but it just from from the outside looking in. It, it seemed like a bit of a it ju- it just seemed like a bizarre decision to give one manager a yellow and, and one a red for what looked like the same thing um and it just there was just so many decisions that like the referee that just I just don't understand what was going through his head when he was doing some of this stuff there was other times when there's people down with head injuries and he wasn't blown up he was letting things play on um there was obviously you know with, with you know the Roland incident Roland arguably probably should have been sent off for you know, yeah. grabbing your man by the scruff of the neck. Obviously, it worked out in our favour. He only got a yellow. I, I, but I you, Adam, was like, but just book the two lads and just play away. And the Bray lad was bloody incensed. After that. Oh, I, I, look, if you turn it on the other side, if it was a Bray lad that got rolling around the scruff and just yeah. got away with a yellow, we'd all be incensed. Okay. We'd be we'd be calling for the ref's head if that happened to us. So, you know, I would I would have come, like I even sat back when he did it, and he said, "That's another red." That's that's we're down to nine now. I, I had I had convinced that he was going to be sent off, and I would have understood why he should have got sent off. You can't just get up and start grabbing someone, you know, when you're pretending to be down on the floor injured one second. Next thing you're up grabbing someone and scruff of the neck, and then you're down on the floor again. You know, per, yeah, that that rubbed me the wrong way. Now that's just that's just crap behavior. Like, uh, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he had gotten the red. I think on another day with a ref with a bit of cop on probably reds him it's just lucky enough the incompetence worked out in our favour I think it's uh, just because of the first red he's like oh I don't really want I'm going could have been yeah it. yeah could have been something like that you know but it just all the, all the poor decisions just added up and I'm I'm sure the Brave fans are probably just as incensed as the refereeing because obviously they probably felt we put out two people sent off Um, they didn't get many yellows now to be fair to Brave but that's, I suppose that's probably because they were the ones having most of the ball and we were the ones doing most of the defending. It's always going to work out that way that we're going to end up with the most yellows. It's usually yeah. the team doing the most defending. There was a Nilo Keishun tackle. Uh, you, you oh, said, Jesus. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, what tackle? But like, that's just kind of the... I was so late in the game. It was like the net back with me coming out. <laughs> it yeah. Was, it, was it was a like bad the, tackle. Right? It was a very bad tackle. We were pretty much... We got a good view of it. Like, it was in the 90-odd minute, like... And, you know, he wins the ball, to be fair, but, like, his follow-through is a pure scissors, like the one, the, the leg-breaker follow-through. And he's that's obviously, look, frustration coming out at that stage, like, um, you know, he's had to play 90 minutes putting up a bullshit, like, but, uh, you know, that was another testy moment where we lost our heads a little bit. And I think that's something that needs to be addressed, Um, you know, with the lads. That, there was a lot of moments where we clearly lost our heads, and we're just lucky that we didn't see as much repercussions of that as we could have done. I, I think um, with, with Roland especially so far this year, and I could see a small bit creeping in last year, he, he can be very hot-headed. And I think if any team does analysis, I think like if there's going to be another red card, I'd be wary of like that. He, he does seem like the kind of lad who can lose his temper very easily, and you could see that. Like even a few handbags the last couple of games, so I'd just like to see him just kind of mellow out a small bit. Like he's a great player, but we don't need it like another needless red card again. Yeah, you don't want teams to end up targeting him like just to try and wind him up to see if if to get a reaction out of him. Yeah, no, and I think discipline again cost us last year. I we had a a load of red cards last year. Um, I think some of them was poor officiating like that refereeing performance is probably the worst I saw since well, it was not too too long ago it was called the last court game at the RC last year for sending off Timmy and a penalty which was not a penalty 
but like the discipline again kind of cost us a lot of last year like I, I think there was at least I think I, I think I remember three red cards and that might no there was four I think which is just you know that's what Badness. costs Badness. Badness. Uh, one final thing I'll just kind of address before we just give a quick preview on on obviously next week um I've been hearing a lot of Danny outs, Danny outs, uh, in the group. I'm sure you're probably you've seen a few of them yourself, Evan. Um, I'm definitely not in the Danny out camp. Um, let Danny cook. I'm in the let Danny cook camp. Uh, I still think he needs a bit of time. Uh, he's obviously trying to instill a philosophy, and we saw glimpses of that uh, in the first twenty odd minutes. We saw obviously in full flow against Wexford. We saw a bit of it, you know, away at that loan. I think there's been I know it's obviously been a disappointing season in terms of the points tally um and some of the performances, but I think we've seen we've seen glimpses of what can be a very, very good team. We just the problem we have is that it's a young team and they need time to gel. It's a very new squad that that need time to kind of learn this system. But it's a long season. And I think I think we're getting to the point now over the next couple of games. You know, we have a few games that we need to take advantage of. You know, we have, you know, Treaty next Friday. Treaty, you know, not having a good season. We have Finn Harps to follow on Friday. Finn Harps, again, not having a great season. We're away to Cove, who are having a better season than probably a lot of people were, were chalking them up to have. So yeah. that'll be an interesting game. And then after that, then the 14th, we're at home to Kerry, who have basically been the whipping boys of the league this season. So really, the next four games... We're going to be expecting three wins, and then it'd be the Cove one will be an interesting game. Just how just how Cove are doing this year, um. But like we have three very winnable games out in the next four, we should it's be like expecting, that. you know, to nine nine points out of twelve. And I think, like, if, like if we want to keep this up, I think we have to, even a chance for the league. We have to at least get ten out of the next four. Yeah. Like, um. Like there's. Treaty winnable. They've only scored three goals this year, and two of them were last Friday. Finn Harps have been very underwhelming so far. Kerry, bar one player, Leo Gaxa, who I watched in that highlights against Wexford, looks very, very dangerous. Um, other than him, there's nothing really there. And then just Cove is just a different kettle of fish altogether. I think they're they're going to be still there come the end of the year. Mm. So I think ten points minimum is what we should not not even ask for. We should be expecting. I think. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I think if we get those, if we get those sort of nine, ten points in the next four, I think that's when we start to see the season turn a little bit, because I can't see Galway keeping up, you know, for the whole year. I know that they've put together an experienced team, you know, there, but I don't see them keeping up for the whole year. I think. We need to start chipping away at the the gap they've kind of put in between us, and the next four weeks is a really good opportunity to try and sort of chip away at that gap because I very much doubt they're going to win all four of their next four. So now is the time to try and capitalize on that. Exactly. Um, just with the Danny out things, like, like how do you get in? Like, does Keith Long? Like, I, I that's why I love that the lads who. Said Danny out. Who, who who would you get? Well, see, this is the problem, Evan. They'll they'll tell you, ah, oh, just bring just bring Mark Bertram back. <laughs> and my answer to that is, why in the name of God would Mark Bertram come back to Waterford when he's living in Lake Como, one of the most beautiful places in the world, coaching Seth Fabregas every week? Yeah. Why not... would he come back to Waterford? That's fucking mental. Like I like wouldn't. A, another one is Keith Long, who was Bose manager, and like. He had a few good years. He got to, he was a cup finalist. He bet us in the semi-finals. But like going off his team last year, like he was sacked halfway, like three quarters of the way through. They finished sixth. And since they've sacked him, Bows are now <laughs> top of the league. So yeah. <laughs> that was another name I saw coming to the group was like, oh, let's get Keith Long in. You know, I don't think that's a really a, an option at this stage. Like there's no one like unless you want to get like a, another lad from England. That's the of, thing, an unknown commodity. Like, like you know, you don't know who you're gonna get really. You know, if you're gonna try and go outside of, of Ireland, which it seems as though this is the way the owner is, has been doing his business for the most part, sort of looking outside the league 
you know, for personnel. Like um, I, saw, I saw another one is like yeah, uh, like Reynolds, Alan Reynolds back, who is currently the assistant manager at Derry, who are mm-hmm. flying in, in the Premier Division. Like that's that's not gonna like that's not realistic, lads. Nah. Let's not be around the bush. Like we're we are fourth in the first division. Like that's not happening. Yeah, like, like I think it's just one of those ones where people just love people just love to give out, isn't it? But they don't wanna they don't wanna give solutions. They'll say Danny out and Chris Con Clark out and all this shite, but uh, you know, if you if you actually put it to them about how they are gonna fit how you know what they would do to fix the club, it's either gonna be something completely unrealistic or they won't have a clue at all. So I think that's just noise and you know, we said the again, like we're like we have to back the players, we have to back the manager, um, you know, for for as long as he's here, and just uh, you know, hope hope we come out on the right side. Um, yeah, we lost two players who's probably who scored like about thirty five goals between them last year, like so, like that's gonna like it's not very very hard to find someone who's gonna replace that straight away. Yeah, like, like if you ever forget when Phoenix and Junior came in the Premier Division, like. They got like six or five goals between the two, six of them each. That's it's gonna like take time for lads to settle in. Like they only really kicked on, especially Phoenix, the second season in the first division. Yeah, that's it. Well, looking towards next week then. So obviously, there's the cup game on Tuesday in Ozir against Cork. Um, we're obviously going to be expecting a completely rotated squad for that. Um, probably a mix between lads who haven't really played much minutes this season. You know, if we see, hopefully we see Killian. Uh, if we don't see Killian Cantwell on Tuesday, then God knows what's happening behind the scenes there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sure we'll see the likes of Connor Parsons. Uh, if Ando hadn't obviously gone on international duty, he probably would have got a run out as well. Um, on, on that note, congrats uh, to Ando uh, for getting called up uh, to go play in the African Cup of Nations qualifiers. Fair play to him. Fantastic achievement for him to to go represent the lads. So unreal there. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of the under 19s lads as well. Um, uh, I wouldn't expect anyone who started on Friday to come out and play on Tuesday. Um, yeah, like a lot of under 19s be playing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be a very heavily rotated squad. Which you know, for the type of for the type of competition it is, it's always going to be the case. I'm sure Cork's team is going to be the same. Uh, I doubt we're going to be seeing any of their lads today. Started at the weekend, uh, come out and play on Tuesday either. Um, and then on Friday, as we said, we're away at Treaty. Uh, obviously, Treaty not having a great season. Um, I think last time I checked, they were second bottom. They might still be second bottom. Mm. Um, yeah, second, com- second, yeah second, second from the bottom. Yeah, they obviously had a disappointing result. Uh, on uh, at the weekend, you know, they were they were uh up winning away at that loan against ten men. I managed to 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 drop points. Uh, Athlone got a, a very very last minute equaliser, uh, despite being down to ten men. So Treaty are going to be pissed off after that result. Uh, so I'm sure their their bags been from last year and the current got his first two of the season. So he'll be looking to definitely add to that anyway. Yeah, like I'm sure they're going to be very well up for this game. They're going to be annoyed about dropping points against Athlone. Their obviously season has not gone the way they'll they'll have wanted it to be going. Um, you know, you know, sort of down, down, down the bottom of the table. So I'm gonna be, they're gonna be very well up for the game, I'm sure. Uh, lost, they're gonna have to come two, out strong. They lost two key players at the start of the year, um, who kind of signed on, and then they they kind of moved abroad. I think, um, in fairness, their their team that overachieved a lot since they came back into the league, and their cup semi finalist last year as well. So they're not to be taken lightly. And we did knock them out oh. of the the playoffs as well, which was. Aren't out of the last game of the RSC when we thought we had it wrapped up, so they'll definitely be up for this. Like the, we 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 stopped their chances of getting to a, a a playoff final between us between Galway. Like so, they'll definitely be up for this. Yeah, it'll be a good game. We have to start strong. We have to come out like we did in the first twenty minutes against Bray. We have to come out with that same intensity, that same attacking intent. Um, no sitting back. None of the shite we did against that loan where we scored. And then we just arsed around for the next whatever minutes. Um, I think we have to just come out and really, this has to be a statement result at this stage because obviously there's already discontent in the fan base. So nobody wants to be sitting here all season putting up with all the negativity on the Facebook group and in the stands and everything like that. Nobody wants that really. 
well, I'm sure obviously a few people love getting off on negativity, but the most most people don't want that. So I think there really needs to be a statement result here uh, next Friday. Getting a good comprehensive win against Treaty will go a long way to kind of kicking on to really kind of kickstart the season the way we hoped the Atlone result would. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, the cup game on Tuesday as well. So next episode, we will we'll cover both of the games. Uh, we'll we'll cover the cup game on Tuesday and the the game away to uh, you know the main sort of event on uh, away to Treaty. Um, any, any last sort of shout outs before we we wrap things up, lads? Yeah, no, I I just had to think we have to play against Treaty for the full ninety like we did against for the yeah. first party against Bray. That's all. Absolutely. Really. Uh, just Absolutely. a quick one. Who who do you reckon comes into the starting eleven for? Uh, Chris, yeah. uh, it's a good question. You know, there's I, I see two options really. Either we bring in Thomas just to go out on the wing, um, or we 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 do what we did at loan and we bring in Wasim again and just have him and Ronan kind of alternating. Um, the only thing with that is I don't love I don't love Roland out wide, um. So I think I think we could see a couple of changes, um, you know you, you know this might even be a chance for someone like you know Parsons to come in, uh, and maybe try and stake a claim in the starting eleven because you know that's the kind of like he has a similar kind of style of play to Con Clark, so maybe if if Danny does want to play with that kind of player, he'll bring someone like Parsons in and this is his chance to maybe maybe stake a claim in the starting eleven, um, but I, I could see it going a couple of ways. I, I've given up on trying to predict what Danny Searle does. I can't see. I can't see into that man's brain. So, I, I, I don't have a clue. But um, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be one of the two. Either either Thomas or Wasim will come in. Um, obviously we need to keep Ronan playing. Uh, after his after his performance, uh, yeah. on on Saturday. I don't think Connor will come in if he's playing Tuesday. I think if he doesn't play Tuesday, only it gets like maybe a half. I think we can expect them make an appearance at least on on Friday. Yeah, I'd agree. If he starts on Tuesday, that pretty much rules him out for Friday. If he doesn't start, maybe comes on for the last thirty minutes just to get some, you know, some running into his legs. I think that might be a pretty good indicator on what could be happening. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Right, I reckon Connor would actually be fairly disappointed that. Like, I, I'm guessing he would have came over here expecting to be a kind of a star player for us. Yeah, big fish in a small pond, absolutely. Um, so I think he definitely would want to have a point to prove if he gets that chance anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, look, we'll wrap things up there then. That's um interesting episode. We we knew when we walked away from the match, it was going to be a, a bit of an interesting one with a lot, a lot of different talking points. Uh, once again, to all the listeners, if you made it this far, thanks again for listening. Your support's been fantastic since we started. I don't think any of the me and the two lads expected to be getting the kind of listeners that we have been so massive massive thanks uh to you guys um if there is anything you want us to talk about feel free to reach out to any of us or leave a comment on the post in the facebook group that you know when i put the episode up if there is something that you think maybe we're not addressing that you want us to to talk about uh feel free at the end of the day look we're just fans like anyone else we're not journalists as martin says we know nothing about football really uh we just like talking about the blues so We'll leave it there, lads. Uh, Thanks, as always, and up the blues.